Good evening, one and all. Welcome to the Reenactors Ramble with me, Richie, and him, Andy. And we're here for episode 49. We've got lots of fun things to talk about in amongst the jam-packed season, which seems to have thrust itself upon us. How are you doing, Andy? Oh, good, man. Cheers. Um, 49. Can you believe we got this far without killing each other? Fantastic. <laughs> we've, we've come somewhere. We've we've grown through so much. And we've got, and he's the next 49 as well, you know. We'll have to have a, a, a special party, I think, for our 100th episode birthday. What do you think? No, we could do, yeah. I think we'll get to 69, then we have a party. Oh, <laughs> we're lowering the tone. It's five to eight. We're 35 seconds into the episode. You're and on somehow, beer, I'm on tea. And somehow, th- <laughs> this should be the opposite way around. It's usually me with the filth and the, the tosh. <laughs> anyway, anyway, moving on. Uh, what have you been up to the last couple of weeks, Andy? We had a bit of a summer holiday break, so tell all the listeners out there what you've been up to, because everyone's been dying to know, I'm sure. Well, for my last purchase, um, I've now purchased a Denison smock. Thank you very much. Uh, Shoot and scoot. I was going to say reproduction. Otherwise, quite the investment for the originals these days for a first pattern. Yeah, for first go, no, I'll just save my time. Um, 37 large pack. Get that right. Dunch. I've got some Blanco. Um, They came today. And what else have I picked up? Um, No, yeah, that's, that's as far as I've got. And I'm ready to set off. I'm, I'm thinking Good what man. else I've got. Brass. I've got my brass already. <laughs> I thought you said grass then. I was going to say grass. Grass. No. You don't need to take grass with you. The grass is at the events already, Andy. Oh, I. It's like, do you know what this is like for me? This is like taking my, my first, I don't have a child, but it's like taking my first child for his first day at school in, oh. in British reenactment senses here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. I am. Um, I'm looking forward to this new event, and this new event's obviously um, pushed us forward with some ideas for the next uh, few podcasts and what we're going to discuss. Um, yeah, what are we going to be doing today, Richie? In fact, no, actually, what? how weird am I first? How's your last uh, couple of weeks been? Have you been up Ooh, to anything? Not, not, not too bad. Um, haven't, still haven't been to a proper event yet, but a little, little few purchases here or there. Mayor West, Reproduction Steve Kiddle. Uh, which is nice from the best one you can buy, not like those horrible uh, rubbish ones that you get from certain other suppliers. I've been converting the Jeep back into an airborne Jeep just the weekend gone, um, servicing the servicing the Jeep, change all the oils because we've yeah. got see, a couple of events coming up and hopefully a nice trip to Arnhem as well. So, you know, essential preparation there on, on the vehicle. Um, but no, no, apart from that, really, I think just um, the whole little and often thing that we talked about in previous episodes, you know, a yeah, yeah. little bit of work there, um, you know, just picking up bits of kit here or there, working on little bits of kit, bit of sewing. So, you know, just just keeping that ball rolling, keeping yeah, it turning yeah. over. Um, and I guess we're, we're now fully, you know, it, it's our next event is just over two weeks away. So mm-hmm. we're fully into that sort of oh. that planning stage now. Um you know, the we're in the thick of it really now, and the prep has started. And this is it's time to sort of push come push is coming to shove, and it's time to sort of get everybody's backsides into gear and get the kit ready, the camp plans sorted, yeah. and and just look forward to actually being able to enjoy an event together for the first time in you know almost eighteen months, two years. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say um, one of the things that I did do uh, last week was I went and mm. stayed in a place called Waterlooville. My sister lives on the the brow, looking over Portsmouth. And she lives just not far from Fort Nelson. And Fort Nelson has the most amazing stock of artillery, um, including the big gun that Saddam Hussein had tried to get uh, delivered during the first uh, Iraq Gulf War. But anyway, 
that is a fantastic and it's a free museum so anyone needs to go there it's wonderful but that's what i've been up to i can't wait to get to a few museums it's been a while i'm really hoping we can still get to Wyndham to to visit a few of the museums over there as well mm. but but anyway alas we'll move on. on to today's topic so we've, we've got a whole list of wonderful wonderful topics for, for all of our listeners to enjoy over the coming weeks and months we're going to have live videos and hopefully we can meet some of you guys in the flesh i mean just before we start as well it's mm. great to see um a lot of our our listeners out there tagging us this weekend at events such as Harbour at War, um, Headcorn Aerodrome. They were tagging us in it. We had some messages um, from fellow listeners who yeah. who met each other through the podcast, through the Zoom calls, through I guess the Ramble community. Can we call it that? Is that a yeah, fair thing to say? I think, I think that's a good thing to say. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not saying that as well. it's, it's our community. I think we're we're almost just the. Uh, sometimes the conductors of that community and help mm-hmm. those people together. And it was great to see a lot of people coming together, don't know each other, might not have spoken to each other outside of that event because of this little silly podcast on a Tuesday night where we drink a couple of beers and talk smelly kit. Um, so that was really, really good to see. And and hopefully that just, um, that carries on in the future as yeah. well. So that was a really, really good thing. And I guess that, that sort mm-hmm. of segued into today's episode a little bit and, and I guess it came, but well, the idea for this episode to me came from yeah. some of those messages over the weekend. And today's episode is all about rivalry in reenactment. And I think those of us that have been in the hobby 10 plus years probably know exactly what we're talking about. And then maybe the shaking in their boots are getting called out or they're, you know, they're just eagerly <laughs> anticipating some of the juicy stuff that's going to come out or, or, or they can just really, you know, relate and connect with some of the stuff that we're going to talk about. And I guess a lot of the new more beginner um entry sort of level hobbyists out there that have just joined the hobby probably thinking rivalry is there rivalry so we're going to give you a bit of a, a rundown and a breakdown on you know what this rivalry is in the hobby what to be aware of and really just yeah. is there a place for it should it be there and and, and our, our thoughts on it as a whole and i think we'll get to the end of the episode and as usual we'll we'll reach that magical crescendo moment where we just understand what this episode is all about in a very quick snapshot richie's summary <laughs> richie's <laughs> gobshite summary once he gets to the end of his second where it just it's, it's dropping the mic it's dropping the bomb boom and it makes all sense boom there Boom. we go. We're out of here. I've seen this, by the way. I should be drinking it in there. Speaking of gifts from Iraq War, this is my uh, my uncle's used to drink out of in the first Gulf War. I've got oh, some wow. nice gifts there. That is yeah. fab. Yeah, nice. nice. You I'll, that down. I'll drink some beer at that lately. And anyone who can't see it, watch on YouTube what you should be doing now <coughs> and get me. with it. If you haven't got a smart TV, go and buy a smart TV. And if you've bought a smart TV, then what you need to do is watch the Reenactors Ramble on YouTube on your 75-inch plasma TV in front of the living room TV, a Sonos soundbar, surround sound, so you can hear the, the clashing and banging of Andy's teacups and my rabbiting voice. And you can watch us in crystal clear HD on your yeah. large screen. So how about that? It sounds like a plan. I think we should. Yes. We're missing something. Yeah. But okay. if you listen to us in the car, just continue to enjoy and maybe you can... Uh, much back another time but anyway on to rivalry andy tell mm-hmm. me andy we're gonna be going to be talking about our experiences mm-hmm. of rivalry and lots okay. of specifics but first and foremost before we we decided to talk about this on this episode is this something that you you, you were consciously aware of or, or you know has it always been there subconsciously you've never really thought about it you know what are your initial thoughts on rivalry within the reenacting community well my first um instance of rivalry was when I first started, after 12 months of being with a group, I then found the group that I am with now. 
um, met them, realized actually this is what reenacting is about in, in my own world, in my head. And I want to be a part of it. So I left my previous group and the parting comment was, why do you want to look like a, pardon the French, cunt? Um, <laughs> it was like, wow, I didn't know that. Ex- <laughs> Just where did like that come that. from? <laughs> where did that come from? And it was more of a case of, I think, because I'd left a group um a, a small unit and and that's what it was they were doing a different impression altogether i joined the rangers and it's just different impression but it was that rivalry and it was like seriously it's it's the same thing we're only together you know and as we've gone on and i've seen it unfold at different events even to a certain extent when you go talking to other groups and people say what are you talking to them for and you're thinking I thought this was a, a friendly game. However, I think moods and times have changed. But have you ever mm. experienced any kind of rivalry in the early days or even a lot? I mean, there's there's a whole there's lots of different kinds of rivalry, right? And I think that's something that we're gonna address in, mm. in today's episode. And it's something that I think is is ever present and we just accept within the community that is that is there. But as you mentioned, I think I think that is it's it's gradually evolving a little bit and I think Hopefully we can play a bit of a key part in continuing to evolve that over the next couple of you know weeks and months mm. uh, with this podcast. And I think we've already done a little bit there, but there's there's more to do. But yeah, I mean, there's there's, there's different kinds of, of rivalry, um, but I think the consistent fact is that it remains through every single thread of reenacting. You know, yeah. whether that is, um, you know, we won't go through them all, but you know, you got groups, collectors, traders. There's lots of different types of of, of you know, involvement in the hobby. You don't have to be a reenactor. You can be a trader. You can be an event organizer. And in, like I said, throughout every single corner of this hobby, yeah, there seems to be this like envy, this jealousy, this rivalry, this constant one-upmanship and, and trying to belittle people, you know, and it goes against everything that we, and I've been part of it again. I've been there, you mm. know, and it's hard not to be just by the nature of what we do, you know, but anyway, should we, should we start off and go through the different types of rivalry that, yeah, we've sort of spotted and and our thoughts on it. Okay, so I'm thinking the obvious one. What about groups on groups? Okay, so a group groups on, group, on groups, group on group fight rivalry. Um, so we're talking, say, uh, two groups of a similar nature. Okay, so let's say take 101st Airborne Group to another 101st Airborne Group, and let's face it, with a lot of the the kit that they have, it's going to be reproduction, certainly with the M42 jackets and the jump trousers, okay? Everything else we can pick up, apart maybe the Corcoran's, you know, but everything else you should be able to get relatively uh, original. The rivalry st- stems from what are you wearing? Where did you get it from? That looks a load of tosh. That's orange. Mm-hmm. Why is that, you know? Mm. You know, the uh, musette bag, it's orange. What the fuck and all this? Um, even down to the holster, you know, is it about, you know... Oh, you you can buy original ones for 60, 70 quid, or you could do. I don't know what the price is now these days, but certainly you go to a stockist like Soldier of Fortune, the easy option, and you get this brand new spanking, you know, tan leather thing that you stick in a dummy weapon. Because let's face it, not a lot of people can just afford a, a 1911, you know, a thousand pounds worth of pistol or more these days. Um, I've seen people put rubber dummies in. Not a dummy, guys, those in the States, you know, a pacifier. We're talking about a, a rubber mold or the best thing I ever saw was uh, a guy who had an Airfix, like 9, 9-11, 1911, and the handle 
to give it some weight, he'd put some lead bars in there, <laughs> some leg bars. And I thought, mate, you know, and I remember pulling this out. I saw it on the table. I thought, oh, let's have a look at this. No, 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 no. And then I got gist of it. The thing would have just literally melted in my hands because of the bloody glue, you know. But no, rivalry within groups. Okay, so it starts at looking at what people have got, what they haven't got. Looking at the kit inspection, looking at how they carry themselves off. Hair, barbering, you know. It's the little aspects, the visual. Because let's face it, that's what it's about. It's a visual aspect when we're talking about rivalry. It's not about Mm -hmm. personalities and about how many vehicles you own or not own or tents. It's a visual thing. The person, the character. Don't you think? Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head in that. It's it, I think most of the time it, 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 it's it's about kit, you know. It's it's about standards, as you mentioned. It's when there are differing opinions. I think sometimes as well. I think people can be a little bit blind, and I think you know there can be very little differences between the quality and the group. There can just be yeah. maybe very minor differences, you know, in the choice of blanco or or, or reproduction supplier but very similar standards. And I think a lot of the time it's just the fact that somebody else is doing something a little bit similar to what you're doing. And mm. by human nature, I think people, you know, we're dedicated people, right? In this community, we're dedicated towards doing the right thing and the right impressions. Yeah. And I think we like to think that we're more dedicated than others or, you know, I think, I think it's just a continual drive of, of perfection and to a degree, you know, and it's strange how these episodes change mm. our minds because I started this episode with the mindset i'm only 12 13 minutes in here but i started the episode with the mindset of you know it shouldn't have a place in the hobby but the you know as we dive deeper into it you sort of start to think okay well it, it's about kit as you mentioned to a degree it with the right reenactors this element of rivalry and people having a close eye on you and your colleagues if you want to call it that almost drives this constant pursuit of perfection and, and ever a improving displays, equipment, um, imagery, marketing standards. So to a degree, as much as I don't agree with the, the, the shaming, the hate, the jealousy, you know, that sort of thing without it, would we be at the same peak or standard of reenactors within the UK? Certainly that we're at now. No, I know what you mean. Uh, It's like, if you think about our own worlds, outside of reenacting within our job role, you aspire when you see other people doing exactly what you're doing, maybe slightly better or worse, but it pushes you further and up because without, mm. um, without uh, competition, what else is there? Okay. It's just you. Um, and you need that adventure, you know, that, that next step. There's a, there's a quote in my head. It'll, it'll come to me in a minute. <laughs> actually read it on someone's book tonight on the train home. It was on the back of a book and it was a quote. It's very similar to what we're talking about. But um, for me, I think competitiveness and the rivalry is important. I think we need it and it's healthy as long as it doesn't get dangerous where you end up slagging off and the it becomes a an online forum of abuse through a social media campaign. Or physical or physical. Have you ever heard of physical? It happens. You, 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 lots of fights or whatnot. I've heard of or, you know, arguments, you know. I think, and that's and that's where it needs to sort of end because I think for us, that it's fine to yeah. constructively, you know, um, debate. It's interesting because people uh, push forward and thrive and um, forward on aspects when there's a monetary value, you know, within like competitive world of business. You know, you move forward and it's all about pursuit of money and finance. 
um you know in my world of art you know you know freelance design it's a similar thing whereas with reenactment there's no finance for those who are listening they know when we go to these events we don't get paid for them you know so and so over there is not getting paid any more more money than us because we've you know got less kit or less Mm -hmm. bodies Mm -hmm. or less cars vehicles it's a case of we do it the pursuit of happiness and accuracy and Mm -hmm. you know that's really what we're trying to achieve here Mm -hmm. i think there's um there's almost you mentioned monetary there I, i think a lot of it is 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 justification for the for the finance and, and the investment that you've made yeah. both time in in money uh, you, you know efforts I think a lot of it is the justification to sort of say look at those we are better we've done a, a better effort and yeah it's a, it's a funny one I think you mentioned it has its place and it also doesn't in occasions it's healthy it cannot be healthy it's just if it's managed correctly I think mm. it's right but do you think I mean I actually think that over the the last certainly the last five and if you look over the last 10 years, I think there's been a gradual decline in this almost group rivalry. And I think if you look at the last few years, the yeah. decline of the supergroup, as we've talked about before, you know, the age of the supergroup where there were 50, 60, 70 members in a group, and there were maybe five to 10 groups in the country, has now disappeared. And we've now have mm. groups where there are 10, 15 max in a group. We, we've got 40, 50 groups in the UK, potentially major groups, I would probably say. And, you know, I think that's that's a reason for it because you no longer have these huge tribes of men and women as well, you know. Yeah. These tribes, I think, is the right word. These almost like football <clears throat> hooligan-type club things of look at us all together, you know. And But, but you know, and I'm, I'm going off on a tangent, but it's fine. No, no. Um, we get there in the is end. If you, and this is why I, I don't really mind it to a degree, and it is almost true because I think about the story. Some My father served for a long time in the army and you you know i spoke to veterans who told me similar stories and there is a rivalry between regiments divisions battalions companies squads whatever you want to call it there is a rivalry in the real world in the current armed forces today and there was back in world war ii Mm. so to a degree you're almost mirroring and replicating that rivalry that there was it's natural back in the day it's that competitive spirit that we said wanting to be the best so to a degree it's it is quite factual but back onto my i'm just you know taking a diversion mm. back onto my my initial path of thought here was that i think a lot of these groups have been you know smaller groups have had to to collaborate together and merge for for larger scale immersive events where you can't get 100 people to an immersive event anymore without having you know five to ten different groups involved and i think that's been one of the reasons is the decline of the supergroup and the merging of groups for events to work together cohesively irrespective of kit and try and come together with some sort of centralized kit standard has been a reason for a little bit of that rivalry declining mm. i think it's still there but i do think that has sort of you know declined it a little bit do you think age has anything to do with it as well though i mean we've all got a lot older and a lot more wiser maybe passive mm-hmm. um i certainly have chilled over the years although i am a chilled person anyway but i've noticed people around me within our group certainly mm-hmm. have become a little bit more yeah, uh, yeah. relaxed i guess mm-hmm. and their attitudes toward things yeah but then again we've defected let's say from what we've always done historically as a group and now we're doing other uh, impressions yeah so where do you think it lays with the people who defect from groups. How do you think they are perceived by maybe group members? Um, 
I mean, just very quickly on your previous point, just about age, oh, I think another another good point is just that the, the, you know, as you mentioned, we're all getting a bit more plastic and mature in our age, mm. but I think the world's also changing. And I think the age of, you know, bullying and hate and harassment and is becoming less acceptable. And I think especially in, in younger members entering the hobby, it's a very different world now. Valid. You yeah. know, and I think I think that's a reason for it. But going back to your question there, sorry to, to interrupt. Good. It's valid, man. Yeah. Um, just a about defecting and whatnot. I mean, again, I think I think that has changed as well. I think before this, we talk, I talked about this tribalism, this this family, you know, almost this like large scale gang type. Mm. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Italian cigar smoking mafia. <laughs> Mafia, yeah, that's the one. You know, it was. It's like this big sort of group mafia thing. And if you were in it, you, you were in and you were bound by blood. And that was it. That was, I don't know about you, but that's what it felt like when I first joined this group in 2007 wow, yeah. or 8, I think it was. It was like this almost like if you're in, you're in, you know, and once you're yeah, in, you can't get out. You're bound in it. And that's what it felt <laughs> like a little bit, you know. And it felt like you'd be betraying, betraying your brothers if you left. And I think that's probably how it was for a lot of people. Mm. But I think as the, you know, as you've mentioned, as the years have gone on and our group has started to dip our toes in other things, it you know, and it's it's engaged people's interest outside of the main impression. I think it's become more acceptable because people have started to understand that there is a world beyond a singular impression in a hobby. Yeah. Some of our guys did one impression for twenty years. I don't know about you, but that sounds like my idea of hell. <laughs> I've got about fifteen to twenty impressions right now, and that's not enough for me still. I haven't even worn half of them. But, you know, yeah. that's a good thing. And that's maybe what you're saying. This is where we're progressing as a group. We are trying mm. other things. And I think if you stay in the one thing, the one aspect, yes, it does, that's not a problem. It really isn't. But to try other avenues, other flavors, other drinks, mm. you know, it, it is. Other people, spices, locations, me. I've just done it recently. Um, mm. I've, the first ever events I've done away from our, our group and... I was, there was a lot of, um, what's the word, uh, trepidation, nervousness, anxiousness, yeah. meeting yeah, yeah, people yeah. I've only met a couple of times, but actually spending time with them and then finding myself sleeping in the same hall with people mm-hmm. um, in a whole different kit, although being absolutely massively welcomed. I think personally, it's actually a very positive and a good aspect to actually mm-hmm possibly try um other sides of the track just to, uh, maybe it's not for everyone it was just what i experienced but for me going away i've realized i've got a love and passion for what we do here and the enjoyment of doing the brit stuff and exploring that aspect away from say the us impression and it's given me this kind of drive to actually you know what mm-hmm. hey talk to people yep. more mm-hmm. and i'm not scared now and i'll use that word i'm not frightened of going away with another group and experiencing what they experience and bringing some positive aspects back, which I've done. And then, you know what, if I go away with that specific group again, and it doesn't tangle my own um, impression with um, our group or any of the key dates that we do, it shouldn't be an issue. Should it? Mm -hmm. Should it? No, I agree. No, I I agree. I think same. you know, I attended the, with the same group a couple of years ago and sadly, sadly missed it this year. Um, but yeah, it really opened my eyes. And I, th- I think meeting other people in the hobby, I think what it certainly does do, and it's something that you just alluded to is, is it, it, it sort of, it makes you understand and, and to realize why you're in the hobby. And I think that mm. what's important is a lot of people will end up doing the hobby out of habit or friendship 
you know, and that's not a bad thing. I'm not criticizing for those people, but some people will just turn up. They've got no interest in kit. They've got no interest in, in standards and history and preserving the memory yeah. and the sacrifice. They, they just do it for hobby as a social aspect, which is absolutely fine. But I think for me, what it made me realize is that although that side of things is, is fantastic and it's a real key driver to what I do, it's not the be all and end all. And the, the real purpose is, is the history, is the interest yeah. You know, and being able to to go to Duxford and to you know to spend some time with some real different kinds of people, some real fine people, um, who and being the beginner again, you know, it is is, is a real strong thing. And I, yeah, I, some some fantastic people there exploring something different, and that comes back. I mean, two years ago, I think it was three years ago, I attended my first event at Duxford, mm. and. I think besides me, there was only the founder of our group who had an RF impression and fast forward three years and how that rubs off on people. And, you know, and thanks to Ops 3945 for that. But, you know, we're now going to an event where on an RF base, where on the evening and on, on the Sunday, we'll, we'll probably have about 16 guys in, in, in good quality RF kit. Yeah. And, and that is a great example of how this um, swapping of groups, this this you know experiment in swinging, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, <laughs> swingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're reenacting swingers. That's what we're turning into. It it comes back and it sort of you know it spreads and it infects the group with this this positive yeah. exploration. You know, you, you're like Christopher Columbus. You've been off to Australia and discovered new reenacting worlds, and and you're bringing that back. You know, I think it's exciting. I think that was Cook. Anyway, Cook. <laughs> Columbus, where did he go? America? Yeah, he didn't even get there. He got to Barbados, I think. But that's another story. Well, you know what I mean? We're learning I, I, something. Captain Cook was from my hometown, so anyway, was I'm he? really sorry, Mr. Cook. Yeah, James Cook. Yeah. The local hospital's named after him. God oh. bless his soul. <laughs> Mr. Cook, I'm <laughs> very there. sorry about that. I've middle, I should have done middle so proud there. I'll just have to edit that about. Not Columbus. Fucking ah, I'll leave it there. Look, James um, Cook, anyway. Let's get back to this idea of... Um, Say yes. defecting or so to speak of trying other yep. uh, what's the other word? Traders. Traders. Judas you, trying something else, you know? The other the other side. And I as soon as I got out of my car, I'll be honest, this is what exactly what happened. And I felt like a newbie. And you can only learn things through that inquiry firsthand. You can read about it, you can talk to people over the phone or whatever, but when you get there and people look up you up and down, they'll say, Come here, boom, 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 boom. Right, my boots were done and laced incorrectly this is how uh, it was. did you cross them over rather than bars yeah crossed so it's bars oh. for anyone who doesn't know tie that yeah. knot on one end and yeah like a conquer and bring it up mm-hmm. brilliant fantastic why not that is fantastic so that was the first thing second thing was uh my shirt when i ordered it, it was uh, an ordinary airman and was told within half an hour actually it's not it's an officers okay so mm-hmm. that supplier which is which is very commonplace you know as well. dead to yeah. me right so I wore that um, actually to work the other day. It's on my Instagram account. Um, I look like a farmer. <laughs> You've seen the picture. So, but within that small aspect, that time frame, that weekend, I was told this, this, and this all the way up. And I thought, you know what? Just slight variations, the color of my uh, eagles on my patch, you know, uh, was a slight navy blue. I was told how I can deal with that in a certain manner just little things it's just fantastic you know you and you know what when the next big event happens in september okay i will be ready for it french cuffs okay if we do that if i go if i can go 
it's all there. We just move forward, and I learn a lot we from do. that. But go on. We do. And on, so. on traitors, so we, you know, we've just been talking about that a little bit. And with with this whole sort of traitor mm. mindset as well, you know, people have left our group, and I think there's been this, like, sometimes that there can be a, a, a bit, not always, but there can sometimes be a bitterness towards people mm. disappearing. And But again, I think a lot of that comes from people just not being honest. You know, sometimes people might want to leave a group to explore new things, and that's not a bad thing. And, and I think when people are really honest and say, I'm moving on because I want to do more events locally or I'm not as fussed about the, you know, tense or accuracy. Mm. Or, but I think sometimes like people are a little bit afraid to, to voice their honest opinions from moving on. And, you know, for me, like if, if I ever felt that I wasn't in it to, to do what we do with normally 45, I would be honest and just sort of say, listen, guys, I'm going to do my own thing for whatever reason. But I think when people sort of almost like sneak off a little bit and snake off a little, snake off is probably the wrong word, but you know what I mean? They'll start sort of doing things with different groups before you know it. There's just silence, like I'm not paying my subs. I think it's almost like there's like a like a code, like a like a gentlemanly sort of, you know, yeah, chivalry bowing sort out. Of code there. Yeah, and it's a bit like, you know, if you, if you don't follow that code to a degree and be honest and just be upfront with people, then I think people can sort of, yeah, feel a bit bitter towards those people, and you know, we men- we mentioned off air. Sometimes it can almost be like, oh, well, what are you speaking to so and so for? And and even people's personal, you know, if if let's just say you've got a personal issue with another person who used to be in the group, yeah. I might not have ever met them before, but I could be judged for speaking to that person. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? And it's yeah. a little bit odd, and I think I think that's something that we just need to eradicate. You know, if you've got beef with someone, cool, but that doesn't mean that the whole group needs to have beef with them. Yeah, I think. Um we've had obviously some sticky situations and I'm sure, and I've heard of other groups having them uh, because we're all human at the end of the day. We all have our mm-hmm. own opinion and we're all very different characters. And when we, when you get, you know, 20 lads around a campfire and a few beers, you know what I mean? To keep things settled, you know, it, things can get a little bit heated discussion wise. I've, I've got close to some of the guys in our group and then all of a sudden they're not there and it's not a case of, they've been kicked out or they've just left because you know what they've started their own thing and i felt treacherous by walking over to their camp and having a chat with them and felt really odd mm. that i'm sat around their fire for half an hour and feel like i've got mm. I've, I've got to get back now guys i'll, uh, I'll see you later mm. <laughs> and it's strange isn't it yeah right it's a strange thing we're all in it to win mm. it and do you know what I, I yeah it's it's an odd it's an odd feeling but then there is a loyalty and that's where we mm. get to it do the groups that we belong to, is there a sense of loyalty? Do we uh, harness that sense of loyalty? How do we perpetuate that loyalty? How do we keep going? Because let's face it, you know, as your family, your dad, his unit, there is a camaraderie within that unit. I know from my own little personal experience in that short time that I was in that TA unit, that camaraderie, the flags, the battle um, orders, everything else, you're in this and you're part of this brotherhood. You know, mm-hmm. that's actually the patch. It's the, the brotherhood. Um, and I, I think within certain units, certainly with our normally 44, there has been a massive camaraderie and brotherhood aspect to it. It's been snowballed. It's perpetuated. And like you say, when you're in that gang, that group, you know, that mentality, you are part mm-hmm. of that unit and there's nothing more. And let's face it, we've all done this. And I'm sure there's listeners out there who know what I'm talking about. Pickering. You get ready for that evening bashing pickering and you're walking down to the bars or whatever in the, in the village and maybe five, two, ten, twenty of you and you're all in the same kit, wearing that same patch on that shoulder. There is a football mentality to it. 
There is a tribe. There is. There is. Yeah. And you can't get yeah. away from it. No. I I know I think a lot of it is personally I th- and I, and I think this maybe this might change post covid but I think mm. there's there's been a lot less of that rivalry and that stigma and I, and I think th- there's a couple of reasons for that I think the fact that events haven't been present so as you mentioned that physical display of you know almost that like you know there's that unit everybody wearing yeah. the same thing uniformity which which can feel threatening mm. um hasn't been there and I think the virtual world as we've talked about many times on the podcast is, has been a real key reason for people becoming more supportive of each other, getting to know the people speaking. And I actually think that we've spoken to people and members of the community that aren't in our group more so than people in our actual group. And I, I don't think if you go pre 2020, have you ever spoke to people outside of the group in the community more than people in your own group? Never. I don't think that's ever happened. And I think in the last 18 months, two years, it's, you know, that has just been the case. You've spoken to more people. I don't know about you, but I, I must know five times more people in the hobby after the last two years I than I did before it. And I've been, and I'm I a, think that's a reason for it. I think so. I mean, I'm quite an insular person. Um, and normally 44, our group, I've been the brothers that I've always known. And the people who've entered it, I've known them. People who've exited, I've known them. I've never really conversed with people. And I've got quite a lot now on my own Facebook and social media accounts that I've I don't converse with. And this this podcast, this Reenactors Ramble, has actually helped that. It's helped me come out of my shell and message people. You know, even the other day, um, this morning while I was sat in work, I saw a post with one of our followers, and I thought he's got to sort that out. And I messaged him on a personal favor and said, "Look, you know, next event, sort A out and sort B out. And you know what, you are." flying you'll be the best there is mm. you know and he got back with, oh, yeah yeah cool yeah we're gonna meet up and we're gonna meet up at ak you know he's kirby so happy days but it's just little things like that i've never spoken to people as i have in the past two years as i did before mm-hmm. and I, I like you say i've come out of my shell and i'm really bad for names you know and i, I when i meet these people i'm gonna go oh my god but i met um l and Stuart, who we interviewed um, a few months back, I met the Matt Duxford and I went straight over and said, Hiya, I'm Andy. <laughs> and we had mm-hmm. a good chat and it was lovely. Yeah. Mutual Whereas previously, you, you know, like I said, I think I mentioned actually on the podcast how I would see Stuart and Elle um, on the flight line and, and we wouldn't even say hello. I knew, no. I knew who they were. Yeah. They might they might not have known who I was. I'm not sure, but we, we didn't say hello, you know. Mm. But whereas now, so different. And I, I can't wait to get to the next event and just socialize just speak to people you know and i think it will be a total different mentality of just instead of almost looking over and cursing and grimacing at the other groups it's going to be a case of oh hi guys you know like nice to meet you how are you doing and i I do think the podcast has played a part in that you know if only for ourselves you know it's changed our mentalities i think that's really pleasing and the fact that i think it's it's changed some other people out there and you know hopefully hopefully it's helped everybody i mean i know certainly the community of of, of our listeners that come in the zoom calls and, and chat to us, it, it's produced this real, you know, collaborative friendly environment where there is no, you know, we've had people on there where we can just, excuse me too much Budweiser, um, <laughs> where we've had guests that, you know, would usually slate each other. You know, we've got a couple of the guys who more MVT guys who would wear soldier fortune and, and, and people that mm. are the opposite. And usually they would look at each other and almost like sort of, despise each other subconsciously to a degree yeah whereas actually you just get that awkwardness out the way within a fun call and just make light of it 
you know, and it just gets over that sort of stupid barrier that we've put in the place. So yeah, I think I think we're going to see a big changes over the next six months. Yeah, I think it's a case of look at your brother and just you know wave over and say hi. Maybe that's what we should do. You know, um, it's it's okay. We'll get a little bit weird and a bit religious here, but I remember going to the church Ooh. years and years ago uh, when I first moved into the little village that I work uh, live, and it was you know don't know anybody, and I thought you know what church why not <laughs> so i went to a church and it's not like i'm a believer but first thing you have to do is shake the hand of the person around you just, you know the immediate and maybe that's something that we could do in the reenacting circle you know when you see people just go over a bit weird people hiya i'm andy how are you doing nice to meet you what's this what is that you know simply like piss off and leave me alone yeah go away nobbed <laughs> yeah yeah leave right, me alone anyway, on to, we've Go we've on. got we've got lots lots more to get through. So one of the one of the next elements, mm. and a big 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 <laughs> element, and this is certainly going to put the cat amongst the pigeons here, and it's going to be a bit of a dear dear diary moment. Go on, but that's like the big big group group on group rivalry yeah. we mentioned. The next thing which you might not be aware of, which bubbles beneath the surface, is the intergroup, the internal group rivalry, Ooh. which you may or may not be aware of within your own groups. Now. This happens for a number of reasons. Mm. Um, you have sometimes rank structures. You have people that have similar talents outside of the reenacting world who maybe, you know, step on each other's toes, so to speak. You have different opinions based on the right kit, uh, which is right. You know, th- those that do the research, you know, we, we've, we've had battles about our own impressions about fiber rim or non-fiber rim helmets and Leslie Tartan patches and, you know, all sorts <laughs> of different debates, yeah. which are, you know, real, true historical debates. And you would, you have other elements like the amount of responsibility, who has that, how many events that you attend, your efforts, your desire, um, all of these different things create this, this subculture within your own group of, and, and they almost put in this, this little hierarchy, mm. but they also encourage different levels of rivalry and people. And, and I think that happens for, for a number of reasons. I mean, because it's not often that you will just have almost like a set, you know, um, actual hierarchy you might have a, a rank hierarchy but there is all there's often a you know a more tr- i mean let's let's go back to band of brothers like we always like to do okay let's think about at the end of the bastone episode where spears is talking to hamilton uh, no, hamilton fuck's sake spears is talking to uh what the hell do you lipton lipton um and he's um he's talking to um first sergeant lipton and he's talking about who the real man is that's been leading easy through the the Barjac and bastone and all this Why, it's you first sergeant lipton and, exactly that yeah and he's like you got no idea who i'm talking about do you um why it's you for a sergeant lipton and that's this great moment where he doesn't realize anyway so what i'm what i'm trying to get at is that sometimes within groups you have this unspoken sort of this this feeling of of where the actual responsibility lies right and where the actual hierarchy and where the respect actually because you might have somebody who's a i don't know let's just say a a rank whatever an officer lieutenant Mm. staff sergeant whatever it might be and the respect might not be there. The rank might be, but the respect might not be. Lieutenant Dyke, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Lots of groups have Lieutenant Dyke. This is good. And that respect level isn't always there. And I think this can change and merge over time. And this is where this rivalry comes in. It might be that, uh, Lu- you know, Lieutenant Dyke doesn't have the respect of his men. And he he, he then, I don't know, attacks subconsciously. Because this happens. People will attack members of the group junior members of the group and rather than supporting beginners as we as we talked about in our episodes previously they actually sort of do the opposite and almost cri- mm. over criticize them and don't support them and sometimes these people who have potentially 
lent kit out in the past, they have, you know, been very supportive, suddenly change their views when they don't quite get the respect. And there are also different reasons for other change, you know, that, that we have fluctuations of responsibility, effort, desire, maturity over time, just throughout our own personal circumstances. So, you know, if someone's busy over a few months and can't get to a few events, yeah. suddenly they come back in. It's a bit like Webb in Banner Brothers. Webster, Webb Webster yeah. comes back in and it's like all of a sudden there's more rivalry because they maybe used to have a certain element of responsibility and they've got to almost, it's like snakes and ladders, they've got to like work mm. their way back up again or if, you know, again, if, if whatever, you know, you know what I'm getting at. There's, there's these organic changes within a group which, you know, and because there's so many moving parts, if you were there or you were there and suddenly somebody gets some more responsibility, people, you got to prove yourself and then some people yeah. don't like it. And, you, you know, I don't know whether other reenactors out there, I'd be really interested to know if this is this is a part of other groups, but I think it's certainly been a part of our own group, this sort of intergroup rivalry sort of thing. Do you think, going back to what you're saying about rank then, is it important to have this rank structure? Do you think that muddies it? Because, you know, going away only... At Duxford, making that as because that's the only events I've done this year in the past two years. I didn't mm. see any rank structure, and I know when people get a rank structure within our group, and we've known it for many years, we've been here for many years and nowhere else for many years. Mm-hmm. You get it based on a lot of different aspects, and that is participation, uh, knowledge, I guess, what you can offer, what you can do, um, you know, and who not who you are, but certainly it's it's. It's about that respect. You know, the people who've moved up in the ranks, and including myself, you know, I've been in it consistently. And that's what I've been about, consistency. I've always been there. But in my everyday role, I don't want to be leading a lot of things because I do it every day and I just want to break. So really, Mm -hmm. do people come away just to have an escapism or are they expected to then be that role or do that thing or be a certain type of person? Maybe they're not. Because let's face it, if you get promoted and you could be promoted above your, um, God, what am I going to say? Above your personality. You know, you might be quiet mm-hmm. as a mouse, but you might be then given yeah. this rank a where you've got too to, far. A stripe too far. A stripe too far. Sounds like a great movie. Straight to video. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I just think sometimes I've noticed um, within structures externally, I've watched this and I've seen it happen. And I've also watched it in our own group, you know, a stripe mm-hmm, too far. Mm-hmm. I've always had the respect for people um, within our group who've promoted, been promoted. Um, and they've been promoted on merit, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I've always quite enjoyed that idea. Um, I'm happy being a sergeant because you know what? Hey, I'm not one for stripes. If I was a private tomorrow, it, it wouldn't bother me. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, what it does externally is tell people within the group who are new members, oh, he's been in it for years. He knows what he's doing. That's the only aspect I see the rank structure working. It tells mm. people who are external looking in um, that, oh, he's over there wearing the lieutenant bar simply because he's been in it for a while. He knows what he's talking yeah. about and he can mm. offer the answer that I'm craving it's sort of cosmetic, isn't it? And I, do you know, I actually think some of the Brit stuff is, I hate, I hate the phrase the Brit stuff, but you know, a lot of British yeah. impressions have, have helped with this. I mean, especially if you go and do RAF, most of the time you will find a uniform with, with rank on. Yeah. And RAF is something that where you can be quite lucky that, you know, pretty much most sizes are available in original kit and most of them come with, with rank on. And I think that's really helped with sort of 
dispelling the whole rank structure. I think I think rank structure is is an outdated thing to a degree. I think it's cosmetic. I think you need it mm-hmm. sort of, but I do think that beyond the rank structure, it's it's very clear to see who's pulling the weight, you know. Yeah. Um so I, but I think it's important groups acknowledge whether the rank structure is is there for a reason and whether it's adhered to or whether it is just purely cosmetic. I think I mean I'm not going to turn up at the next event uh wearing, you know, a captain uh you know uh and whatnot uh, a part of my uniform but if i turned up with for instance um, a higher rank than say i don't know let's say just put sergeant okay i'll put sergeant on do you think that's gonna affect people's opinion within the group can we do that these days as things changed or is it a case of like you know you earn that respect within the the leadership the hierarchy say actually you know what put these stripes on your um tunic or whatever it is you know your bd get that on there and that's where it is because let's face it if you've got a, a, a unit of guys at the next event and they're all bloody sergeants that's going to look a little bit strange isn't it so there has to be some mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. effort to it and that's why my my yeah. bd doesn't have any stripes on it whatsoever no you know i, if- I don't think it's as apparent anymore i think people don't care as much as, no. as they maybe once did and again maybe because we haven't been to events is, is a reason for that but like i said i think we've talked a lot about effort and desire and in you know helping helping your unit commanders out and i think it's plain to see for any but you can go on any any internal facebook group of a, of a reenactment unit and you can see it within a country mile by just scrolling down the last few posts as to who the leaders of the groups are as such you know i think there's a difference between a, a leader of a group by um by example and by rank, you know, yeah. and I think that's that's one of those reasons. But it's it's there within groups, and I think it's always going to be present just by the nature of it. You know, it, the nature of the beast is just that you have people, like we mentioned, fluctuations of effort, and people getting upset when they no longer maybe have the respect they want, or you know, that, that, that that's just sort of how it is. But I do think that people need a, a wider mentality of if somebody is doing something positive hmm. for a group or for their group then, you know, and you're maybe jealous because they're maybe filling your shoes a little bit or stepping on your toes. You need to question, is that your own selfishness that's coming through over the group, if you know what I mean? It's like you should really be thinking about the wider group in this. And if if, if you're too busy, but that person is, is actually doing something which will really help the wider group, then yeah. so be it in my eyes, you know, good on them. Yeah, I think the rivalry is there. Mm-hmm. I think to a certain extent, um, see, it's, it's hard to actually discuss this because we're, we're talking personal as well, you know, because everything we talk about and discuss is matter of fact. It's things we've said mm-hmm. and heard and done and experienced. So I'm listening to you and I'm getting the notion of different stories and different things. So, you know, without obviously pulling things apart and upsetting the, the balance getting personal getting personal that's the one i'm thinking of and i'm, I'm losing my tangent I'm, I'm going off on a, a thing here okay um no i think i think if you've got experience and certain values that you can offer and then so and so has that i think you know within strength it should work together mm-hmm. I, I think we can pull together and i think really ugly enough and old enough and known each other for far too long within the group 
we're talking about different characters, not only within ours, but externally as well. And people who are listening to us are listening, going, oh, I, I can relate to this. You know, is there a way you can pull together, you know, and use your strengths together um, without disappearing? Because let's face it, when people disappear, certainly within our own structure, you know, certain dynamics drop. I've known the group to bounce up and down and new members to come in. I'm looking at the group I know when I started, and I'll be honest, there's three members who are still here that were there when I first started, and I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. And that's the nuts. But, but it's a long time as well. You've got to think about that. It's that's the craziest thing. 15, 15, like 15 years, you know, and I think a lot of time people, I mean, again, we're off on a tangent, but I think, I think it's okay because it's know. a good organic conversation, but I think people get lost in the, you know, one phrase I hate. Come on. And I would love to ban it, <laughs> fucking ban it from from events when we go. go on, to I know it. what it is. It's, pe- it's people that have been in the in the in the group for a long time. Go on. And you're gonna and you're gonna say at the same time as me on the count of three. Okay, right. One, two, three. Good the old days. Good old days. <laughs> good old days. Yeah. Fucking the good old fucking days, man. Honestly. <laughs> Back in the, back in the day, we used, them, you know, we used to do them. this and we used to do that and we used to do this and we used to do that. It's moved on. It's like, we know it has. do you know what? Yeah. But also back in the day when I was 18, I could go out on the piss for six nights in a row, not go to work, you know, have a word yeah. of a time, do whatever I wanted with, with, with little or no morals and it'd be absolutely fine. Whereas, you know, life is a very different place because I'm an adult and it's 20 years on. And that is the way the world fucking is, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you that. So it's like, you know, and people, and I know we're off on a tangent now, but. No. When people just consistently talk about the good old days and how things were good. Do you know what? Those good old days are never going to come back unless you stop fucking talking about them. Do you know what I mean? Because things move on. If there's a, you know, if the good old days involve 20 people with hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of vehicles that have yeah. all retired from the hobby, then guess what? Those days ain't coming back. So here's a thought. Make your own new good old days by putting the effort in, yeah. you know, think about what was good and take the lessons from that and move them forward instead of just reminiscing about, you know, it's great to look back nostalgically, yeah. but don't use that as a reason for, you know, we had, we had a, a comment the last couple of weeks about how at an event where there was only 16 people going. And I'm like, do you mean there's only 16 people? Yes. At one point we got 60 people there, but you find me one group, one, not many groups together, mm. but one group that could get 60 people together at an event. Now it's impossible. It doesn't happen. So, no. yes, stop talking about the good old days and start making good new days. Well, they say nostalgia is the biggest liar. You know, you look on the, the past and go, oh, remember, I think, oh, sunscreen. That was a great song. Yeah. Listen to mm-hmm. that. When taxes were lower, people were responsible, politicians were honorable. It's, it's a load of bollocks, right? We look at the past and with mm-hmm. nostalgia. You're right. We've, You're right. we've got the future. And I, you know what? I'm in it to win it. Okay. I've um, changed my wardrobe i've got different things happening and i'm glad i am and will i do american embrace again? it you know what i might do it's not a no-no but certainly i'm embracing what i'm actually learning right now and enjoying right. doing my own mm-hmm. thing so yep. within our yep. internal structures you know we should get hold of each other like in some kind of can-can and pull each other mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. yeah do you like yep. that narrative? i think you're right it's <laughs> <laughs> can-canning we can can that's what we'll say. We oh, can, yes. can make the world can a better this? place. I can, can. There we go. We should be politicians. Anyway, I've lost my track of thought again. But what I was just trying oh. to say is that I think you know we, we're old enough and wise enough to accept that 
you've just sort of alluded to it. You know, you, you, you've gone into this new world, you're doing new impressions. You're not as, you're not as concerned with something that you've done for 15, 20 years. And we just, we just have to have the ability to accept with grace that some people still really like doing that thing that we've done for 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And some people don't. And, you know, there is no right or wrong. If you want to go and do German or Italian or British or Swahili or whatever you want to do, right? Fine. Go and do it because life's too short. Go and do what you love doing because that's why we're here. It's a hobby. Go and look, do what you love doing. And you cannot belittle or criticize somebody for doing what they love in a yeah. hobby, which is, let's be honest with you, not very, for, for such a, a, a small hobby, we don't explore the, you know, the full mm. world of it. We, we find a group that we're comfortable with and we, we sort of, you know, we, we do that or we, you know what I'm getting at? We don't explore it. Yeah. And I think how can we criticize people for just exploring different elements of the hobby? So let's just be a lot more accepting of people, whichever way they want to go. If people want to go off and, you know, that means that a group goes in a different tangent and you don't like it. I tell you what, then, you know, go find a new group. Simple as that. Because, you know, you can't hold back a group for, for the fact that you don't want to do something and other people do, you know? So if it's not right for you, then just move on. And that's, and that's not me being critical of those people. It's just mm. sort of saying it's not right for either party at that point. So just go and find another group and let's just hope that, you know, there's no rivalry beyond that and you can still be friends. Cause ultimately nothing is, nothing has changed. You might be, you know, camping is sleeping in a different part of the field with a different yeah. group of people, but that doesn't stop your friendship. I think the summary is coming up. And for me, not to summarize anything just yet, you just said something and it just light bulb moments click. And it's a case of some people leave groups because they're bored with what they're doing or they might want to try and a different impression. Do you know what? If you actually enjoy the people that you're keeping in, in your company, well, why can't you change that aspect or that outfit, that uh, impression within the group? And that's kind of mm. what's happening. I think people have got bored. They've realized they want to educate themselves within different factors and areas, which I certainly am really happy about and dedicated to at the moment. And by doing that, I'm still around you. I'm still around so-and-so and so-and-so and new people coming into the fold. For me, I think if you enjoy being around the people, but you're a little bit bored and you want to experience it, like let's face it, you know, we are getting older. Before you know it, you're going to look a little bit unfit and a little bit wrong in that kit. Mm-hmm. Do you know mm-hmm. what? Do it now. Do it within the groups. Exactly. Agree. So stop being so sensitive, everybody in the hobby, about friends trying new things, about people trying to move your group forward, about, you know, other people coming into the impression, other people doing the same unit. Here's a thought, you know, like Rome wasn't built in a day. I I look at Green Howard, Green Actors, I look at other units that are close to my heart and I can be hypercritical of those groups. But maybe I need to sometimes, one, I think we need that hypercriticalness that we've mentioned to to drive people for improvement. Mm. But secondly, give them an opportunity to reach those heights as well, because it you know doesn't come overnight, especially in a group. As we know, we've talked a lot about how you know it's trying to get people to reach kit standards can be quite difficult. Now, imagine trying to start a new group. Like, what do you do? Do you do you just have you know here's new group? It's it's called World War Two Reenacting Group Limited, and current membership is just you. And your kit standards are so high that you can't get a second member. You know, you might have to lower the bar initially to get people in to then raise it up again. Crane. So Rome wasn't built in a day. So as much as we have to be critical and supportive of people, you, you sometimes need to hold back potentially a little bit as well. And I think finally for me, I just want to mention about mm. there's even like in the collector's world, there's, there's a little bit of one-upmanship 
in this hobby. Yeah. And that one-upmanship can sometimes be about accuracy or buying the best thing, you know. Um, and there's examples out there. You see it on Instagram daily. Somebody has, and I can look around my room now and see things that I've bought that I've posted on social media and someone's gone, did you know that's wrong? Did you know that's wrong? <laughs> but it's not a so-and-so, is it? But it's not a so-and-so. I've got one of these. And rather than just saying, congratulations, you've bought your first Bren gun or um, officer's cap, flying helmet, um, goggles, and whatever it might be, right? Yeah. Th- those are all things that I've looked at that I've shared and people have gone, mm-hmm. well, it's not a fucking 39 dated tone, so is it? No, it's not. But I'm also really happy with it. So stop one-upping because you've got something which is slightly more, you know, I don't know, more well thought of in the hobby and just be happy for people. Well, you, you know, know, I, same I went- with like... No, it's when I went away and I went away and made that comment online and I'll hold my hand up and it was a case of no one's going to pull me up on anything. <laughs> you know, I stood there. I was pulled up on two things. So, you know, yeah. it's a case of you've got to get out there and learn it on the field. And you know what? That rivalry, it can be healthy and it can be fun. Um, you're right. I don't think it's actually predominantly uh, an aggressive thing anymore. I've not seen it for a long time and i know we've been on lockdown but i haven't seen it um in my face i've not heard of it about it maybe other people can message us and say guess what <laughs> it's alive and well in basinstoke mm-hmm. um i'm only kidding i don't know anyone in basinstoke <laughs> i'm not talking about anybody um yeah anyway but yeah it's been a good um 57 minutes and 18 seconds this it is i've, I've enjoyed it i feel i feel invigorated do you know what i as well i started reliving my youth. i started skateboarding oh, a, a week sake. a week ago as well and the just reliving my youth no i'm telling you right now though like i feel so peaceful right now I and mean, maybe I've had, I've had a few beers but no. it's like that is great for the mental health like you just think about that the reenacting thing for me I've been so busy in my mind this last week in restoring ammo boxes and jerry cans and oh, yeah. servicing the Jeep and fucking skateboarding at 32 years of age um, and doing all of these things that like this little and often thing, I just feel so peaceful. You know, I, again, yeah. I hate to hop back to mental health, but we've talked about it a few times on episodes, but it's the, the hobby can be really good. It can be yeah. bad for you sometimes, as we've mentioned here, but I think it can be really good for you as well. And I think this is just another reminder to people out there that, you know, just be kind, just be nice, you know, and this is all rivalry is, is important as we've mentioned to push people on. It can break people and it can make people leave the hobby as well. And ultimately we want this to be um, a collaborative, inclusive place. Yes. Inclusive, you know, equal place for people to be involved Whether you know, whatever gender, creed, race, town you're from, whatever, you know, whatever it might mm. be, we want this to be a, a good place for people. And I think just be mindful of, of your impact on people's, you know, you never know what somebody else is going through, do you? You know, ultimately, and, and as no, I mentioned there, you know, there's some of my purchases I've broke the bank for at the time, you know, mm. to do that. And you can be, I mean, I'm, I can be very sensitive, but be overwhelmed with the purchase. And, you know, all it takes is for one respected person to, to put a belittling comment or a downbeat comment on that, that post. And you sort of, you know, to a certain degree, just <laughs> devastated as well. So, less of that but yeah it's been been a really good hour and i've really enjoyed that and i've just thought it's mm-hmm. it's actually coming up by by the time that we see each other in, in a few weeks time at our first event mm. it will be almost two years to the day since i saw you it will won't it it will oh my god to be sure 2019 that is what this hobby has done to us but this is also what the podcast Jeez. has done is brought 
if two friends that don't see each other haven't seen each other two years on a call every week to discuss the things that we love yeah. so yeah well maybe we could do a ooh, long-awaited zoom this week possibly that could be pretty good that could be pretty fun well we've got things Definitely. coming up on the next episode number 50 number mm. 50 if it pulls off we've just got to confirm it this week if we pull it off it's going to be a fun one that can involve everybody and i say that because what we're going to discuss everybody will have seen or know and have an opinion about mm. um and it's it's going to be a foursome i believe Oh, <laughs> it's a foursome. Where's it? I'm sure you start the episode with threesomes or something, and now you're back on a foursome. Oh, just innuendo. It's disgusting. Talking about it's nice you. things. Or, oh, for God's sake. Seriously. Okay, talking about... <laughs> you were talking about <laughs> things. I know. <laughs> oh, what I mean is... Disclaimer. You were talking about um, mental health. Purchases. I looked outside, okay, and I thought, it's quite a nice evening. We've got cloudless sky over here in Crosby, and I'm thinking about going out in the open top for half an hour. Just riding around with the high beams on. Because I live by a lot of winding country lanes. Mm. So I might go out in a bit and just see what happens. Mm. Get my scarf on. That'd be very nice. Be very nice. No, the Jeep is all tucked up now until there because it's getting trailered down there. So she's she's having a good rest before we stretch her legs at uh, East Kirkby in a few weeks' time. Can I ask a question? Mm. You mentioned that you'd airborne her up. What have you done Mm. to airborne your Jeep? Not a huge amount. Got mucky for a start anyway. But um, no, I swapped the bump back over for the shortened bumper. That was so that they could fit in the horse gliders because they went in the oh, side and they had to turn in. I see. So they couldn't get Clever. in the wrong bumper on. So the bumper is shortened. Um, it also has um, areas so that you can put the straps through, um, which is shovel on there. Spare wheel would go in the front sometimes. Um, I've got an ammo crate on the front instead of a spare wheel. Um, take the jerry can off the back. There's a jerry can that goes in the middle of the two seats you have two more behind each of the passenger seats because obviously they've just dropped in and you needed fuel yeah. because um, you might not be seen for seven days. Um, what else happens? You take the handles off. Um, what else do you do? That's about it. Really. There's, not, there's not huge amounts. You know, I mean, mm. the windscreen comes off, but like leave that on for now. I'll just take it off when we get to the event, you know. See? Um, learning so, yeah. every day. Every day is a lesson. Mm. Good fun good fun well it's been a fabulous hour thank you very much everybody for listening sorry it's been a little bit of a while but we are back in business now you can look forward to weekly episodes going forward Um, who knows maybe a couple of live videos whilst we're at the events over the coming weeks and certainly one or two live episodes from Arnhem should we get there in the next four to five weeks as well good well it'll be a good night from you it will a couple more of these waiting and I'll uh I will get to it now, leave everybody to it, and we'll see everybody again soon. Yeah. Look, thank you. Good night. See you later, everyone. See you.